0: But then we do this every fall, where we um, we want to challenge you to give five thousand dollars, and we want to we've committed to give five thousand dollars to New City Kids, and we want you to be part of that. And so two years ago we were able to double that, and that was really fun. It was the first time we did that, and it was really exciting. and And last year you also gave generously, but this year I want you I want to challenge everyone. We've had many people give um, to New City Kids over the past couple of years. Um, But this year, my hope is that more of you give. We've had several big gifts that have been really great. But my hope is that everyone will give in some way. And uh, we're going to show you how to do that. But today, we want you to think about how you will give. And so I want to introduce to you what it really means to be rich in good works. And we want to turn this term on its head, the term rich on its head. When we look at scriptures when it talks about being rich, it's not about being rich financially. It's about this treasure that we found, the life that we found in God and living lives that are rich in good works and who we are. It actually doesn't have anything to do with amount of money. It has to do with our hearts. And so today I want to lead you through that. And so in 1 Timothy 6.18, it says, You should be rich in good works and generous to those in need, always being willing to share with others. That comes from a position of your heart, not because you're forced to, but because you want to, and it leads you towards joy. And so this month, we're going to talk about how you can give, how you can serve, and love one another. And so when you leave today, you're going to have be given tools to do that. We want to learn to give to our local church, his gathering where we are a part of his church family. We want to learn to give to others. So giving to New City Kids. It's an incredible organization. We we can't wait to be with them and to serve them. We want to serve one another, serve our church family, and love this city. We've been about loving this city since we began. We hope that we change how people view who Jesus is because of how we love them. We want to give. We want to serve. And we want to love. Learn to love your neighbors like Christ did. Christ stepped into our world and lived among us, with us. He went to parties. Like the religious people were baffled. They didn't like him because he would be going to all these different Like he, he loved to celebrate life with others, and I want to encourage you to do that. It's such a joyful way to live in your cities. You heard me right. You should be throwing parties this year, and this is the season for people want to throw parties. And so it's a great opportunity. Um, we want to love well. So why is this important? Why do we do this? Well, we're obviously generally more focused in this way, this time of year. But I want you to make this a habit because this is actually the way that, that God, who God is, that's the, who He is. This is His nature. And as, if we're Christ followers, this should be a natural way that we consistently live. And I want to encourage you to take steps in this, not just in this time of year. Here's why this is important. And I'll walk you through a couple of things today, but number one is this, and this may sound dramatic, but it's true. Your peace, your joy, your well-being is at stake. It's about your heart. It's about your heart because how we love one another how we do something for someone, all these different things. It's not just a financial thing. We view this in that kind of way, but I want you to think about it differently. God is leading us to a place of peace, of trust, where we can trust Him and be at peace, where we wait before Him. So you may not believe me (laughs) on that, but I just want to introduce that to you, and say, you should think about this. And so I want to walk us through a journey today just to introduce this to us. And I want to change how you think about this, because the church has done a pretty bad job in general when it talks about this subject. And so let's reframe it a bit and learn how God engages us and what He's really calling you and I to and so to do that, I want to I lead us through a psalm, Psalm 62. And if we have time, I'll, I'll end with Matthew six, Jesus' words that reflect Psalm 62. But Psalm 62 is, I love it because, because it's David who's writing this psalm, and he's engaging God, but he's in a pretty tough time. but he begins to identify where his hope, his peace, his joy comes from. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to read through all of Psalm 62. It's not that long. And then I'm going to go through it so you get kind of an idea of where we're going. So here's Psalm 62. It says this, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will never be shaken. So many enemies against one man, and all of them trying to kill me. To them, I'm just a broken down wall or a tottering fence. They plan to topple me from my high position. They delight in telling me lies about me. They praise me to my face, but curse me in their hearts. Hmm. (laughs) Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in Him. He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken. My victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. O my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. Those of low estate are but a breath and the powerful are not what they appear to be. If you weigh them on the scales, together they are lighter than a breath of air. Don't make your living by extorting extortion or put your hope in stealing. And if your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. God has spoken plainly, and I have heard it many times. Power, O oh God, belongs to you. Uh, unfailing love, O oh Lord, is Yours. It's a pretty amazing psalm. He goes from, like, section to section. And so he begins it with this incredible, like, just this place of comfort and rest. Like, when you are at peace, when you are at rest, like, something creates that. Like, you are not worried. And that means that s- something in your life is taken care of that you don't worry anymore. And so you were able to just breathe. Maybe you've experienced that. <laughs> Maybe you went on vacation and, and work was actually taken care of. Maybe you were, like, switching jobs and for one short amount of time you didn't have that worry and you were knowing you were going somewhere else and so paychecks would happen and all that stuff so in this one place you could rest or maybe you're like I I I was pursuing these things and I went on vacation but I still wasn't at peace that's usually where we end up right and so this is where this psalm is leading us, and this is where God has been leading us. If you look at His story for us as we pursue Him with our lives, and in and, and Jesus' words to us, there's this confidence that we can find, this peace that we can find, not because of our circumstances, but during them. And so David, who's the psalmist here, he was a king. And living in a crazy world, a very barbaric world where these nations surrounding him and constantly at war and, and trying to invade him and all these different things. So he actually was facing death and people trying to get his throne within his own kingdom and outside it. And so he opens with this who he is and his foundation. So he says, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. And there's this, it's this phenomenal statement where he says, he alone, he alone, God alone is my rock and my salvation. And so it's this declaring of the other things that could be that. And it's interesting for a king of a, of a pretty robust nation, and it was more at the pinnacle of, at the time of, of for them, like he would have had a lot of, to be able to say that this is what my hope is in. Whether it's his kingdom, or his people, or the food that he had. He had servants. He had people that would bring him food, all, you know, make it for him, and all these different things. He's like, no, God alone. My, he says, my fortress? He's my fortress where I will never be shaken. And then he talks about what's shaking him And I love the way it just says in this next verse, he says, he's like, so many enemies against one man. I just love how that's stated. All of them trying to kill me. And and we may think that in our lives, man, my boss is after me, like the guy under me is after me, or like my neighbor, or my parents, or like whatever it may be, but he literally was having people trying to kill him. He's like, to them, I'm just a broken down wall or a tottering fence. They plan to topple me from my high position. They delight in telling lies about me. You can keep going here. They praise me to my face, but curse me in their hearts. So that's, I can see it. You guys can't. (laughs) What an incredible change. So he's just like talking about what's going on in his life. And then he's almost complete, you know verbatim, says the opening phrase again. And he says this. He says, "Let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him." Now what's interesting is this next part is exactly like the first part. Where he says, "He alone is my rock and my salvation, my fortress where I will not be shaken." But his tone and his words change in this first part here. He says, let all that I am wait quietly before God, for my hope is in him. At the beginning, he says, I wait quietly before God, for my victory comes from him. And that word victory is, is that word, more like that word salvation, where there's something I'm trying to overcome and get and, and I, you know, and, and But then this next one, he says, let all that I am, everything in me, wait quietly before God, for my hope, my hope is in him. This is originally written in a different language. So it's been translated in that word from the first to this one is different. It's a different word that he uses, my hope. And it's this Incredible statement from deep inside him. He says, all that I am, but my hope. And that word that he uses means like the deepest longings of my heart. The desires that I long to see in my life. The outcomes. The things that I most desire and long to see. All those that is in Him, and it's fascinating because in the world that you and I are in, we are faced with things that are tough, and I and it's such a great juxtaposition. And I and I meant to introduce this before this psalm, but oh, I did. I said, "Your peace, your joy, and your well-being is at stake," and that's what this this heading is under is is there are things in your life that are tough, that you are stressed about, that you're anxious about, and our, and our sinful nature, the things in us that drive us away from God, that drive us towards desires that we think will fulfill us, they ultimately don't. And then the sins of others around us in this broken world, we, we see all of this strife and war right now, and, and we're at war with ourselves, and we see so much anger, and it's distressing, and it's unsettling. We're not at peace. We're not really a joy. Our well-beings are affected by what we see, and then you've got your own personal life, and there are things that you are at war with inside yourself. If you are with us last week, we talked about how our sinful nature in us kind of pulls that up. And it's in those moments that we need to go to Him and say, God, that you are my hope and our peace. And this is what I want to lead you to today. That our foundation of what drives us is, is we need Christ for that. He is the one thing that is stable. We can learn to depend upon Him and say, My hope is in Him. And if our hope is in Him, if that's the foundation, then we can face the circumstances. But if we try to stand in the hope in our circumstances, or whatever your desire is, if your hope is in that desire, it just makes everything be chaotic because you've got to chase that. Because it changes. Your circumstances change. Sometimes we want God to answer these prayers, and we we pray for our circumstances to change, and God God may answer that, but it may not happen. But if our hope is in Him, we can invite Him in to that. And that's what's so beautiful about reading through the Psalms, is you see these psalmists saying, hey, all this insanity is going on. Come help me. It's where they stand from if they engage it is what's so important. So he alone is my rock, my hope, your deepest desires. And so I don't know what that answer is for you where you say, my hope is in him and the things that I long for. I long for peace in my family. Parents, you know, you're raising children and it's just, it's not easy. And there's a lot that's constantly happening and and you need that hope. Like how do you find peace in uh, in raising your children when it's kind of chaotic or maybe your job is stressful. You have uh, demanding work hours. And you're, you're, you're trying to pursue the end of this. What is your hope in? Maybe it's looking for a place to live or your next job or maybe you're longing for a relationship Well, your relationship's not going well your marriage what is that in your life and i find for me is i need time and a key part of this is is waiting patiently before god let all that i am wait quietly before god he's like he's like people are trying to kill me he's like so many enemies against one man That's how we feel, right? (laughs) It's the world against me. So what's the response? We wait before God. Part of what you need is to be able to acknowledge God and stop. We stop. We do prayer in silence on Sundays. When we serve here, we... We get pretty busy, and sometimes it's our first chance to stop and to pray. And then David changes the conversation. So he says, my victory and honor come from God alone. He is my refuge, a rock where no enemy can reach me. And then in the psalm here, he, can, he continues forward. He begins to lead you and I, and it's a fascinating transition here. So he says this. He says, Oh, my people, oh, my people, trust in him at all times. Pour out your heart to him, for God is our refuge. He's imploring you. He's like, I know that you can trust him. And as he ponders these things, he turns from his own hearts into the people that he leads. And he's leading you and I in our hearts. And this is God leading our hearts of what will really bring you hope and peace. I cannot solve all your circumstances today. I just want you to know that. And I'm not here to. I've got plenty of my own (laughs) that are causing me anxiety, right? And stress. That's why we need one another. That's why we do our dinner groups. That's why we're in serving teams here on Sunday. It's why we want to engage this world. That's why somebody started New City Kids, and it was not easy for them. But their world is shattered. But as we pursue God, He's pursuing them. And so we seek Him. He's like, oh, my people, trust in Him at all times. Pour out your heart to Him, for God is our refuge. And He says this. He goes, those of lowest state. Are but a breath, and the powerful are not what they appear to be. And he begins to show us the fallacy of our lives. And he starts with those of low means. and if you there's so many different trans, English translations out of this, and all of them are fascinating. But he's like, hey, those who are lowly are just but a breath, but the powerful. Not what they appear to be; they're a bunch of lies. It's literally what that means. It's like there's deceit. It's just deceptive. It's we think someone has all this power, and it's just fake. He's like, if you weigh them on the scales together, and the picture is like the scales in balance, they're both lighter. There's no, ba- there's no way they're lighter than a breath of air. I love it. in the modern translation of the message; it it says. It says that they both weigh nothing, and nothing times two equals nothing. And David is just like, do you recognize the emptiness of our lives? And he begins to change the conversation to our hearts, and fascinatingly enough about what we have and our money. And what he is showing us, he's just thoughtfully walking through all this. Like this whole psalm has come out of this deep thought process. It's like to not wait patiently before God, to not have our hope in Him, means we have our hope in something else. And if you've got nothing, then it's not much there. But if you've got a bunch, it's strangely enough, nothing to. He's like, there's really nothing to. And then he says this, he changes it to what we do. The lowly, what do they have to do? So he continues. He says, Don't make your living by extortion or put your hope in stealing. You've got nothing. I'm going to do whatever I can to get it. What about those who have everything? He says, If your wealth increases, don't make it the center of your life. It becomes our identity. And it's a worthless, ultimately, identity. And this is interesting because in this city, in this neighborhood, and if you're not in this neighborhood, it's still true. In this country, we just go there. We're rich. You don't know this. But by the world standards, we are rich. Be careful, then. Don't make this the center of your life. And he brings us back to the hope. He says, he says God has spoken plainly. And I've heard it many times. Power, O oh God, belongs to you. Unfailing love, O oh Lord, is yours. Generosity is about peace. And that's I thought that might be all we get through, and it pretty much is. <laughs> and we'll engage more of this. But what does it look like for you in future weeks? We'll engage more of this. But what does it look like for you to have peace when life isn't peaceful around you? If you're like me, I'm chasing the peace. I'm trying to find a way to stop whatever is causing it. And I'm, that's my circumstances. What I'm learning is I come to God and my weaknesses to say, help me to find my hope in you despite my circumstances. Because what I do is I try then to, there's different ways that we apply this. For me, I want to control. It's like, okay, I can try my best to make everything work out okay. This is what my heart tries to do. I try to make everything Okay. The problem is, despite all my efforts, something doesn't work out. <laughs> something doesn't go okay. And it's like this blip, and I'm, I'm ruined because I thought I did everything. And what God is wanting me to see is, he's like, Wayne, you cannot control that. Find your hope in me. And suddenly that circumstance doesn't define me. Christ defines me. Oh, how we all need that. In this world, in your life, in your circumstances, how can you find peace? This month, we want to encourage you to take steps of faith towards God. How is this tied to generosity? Well, I'll do a quick preview. Number two, we'll put number two. Generosity is actually not about money. It's a reflection of you. And so today is about your foundation. What we do comes from our security and our hope and our relationship with God. And so the third thing is, is if we pull that up here real quick, our third thing is our commitments that you and I make come from this deep relationship with God that we're learning to trust Him with what we do and what we find is God is generous. He loves to give you good gifts. Our God is sacrificial. He serves you and I. The example of Christ, where we say, Christ is enough for us. We sang that today. Take everything that's going on in culture in the world, like I have all I need in Him, and He has served us. First. Isn't that amazing? And he shows us that you're made to live life this way. And that is what brings you joy. And so the steps that we take make an impact. So this month, we're going to talk about this. So as you leave today, and we can put this picture up of this card. I want to challenge you to make some commitments as you pursue God. And this is really for those who call DCC their church home. If you go to another church, this is for you in that way. But what does it mean for you to give in your life? You need to think about this and make a decision. We learn to give a percentage of our money to God, learning to take steps towards Him and to your local church. You can give. We want to encourage you to make a commitment to New City Kids. You can make a $5 commitment. I would love for 100 people to give $5. Now, that would be pretty lame overall but you would take a step to give. That's not for me to decide, by the way. That was totally my thoughts, not God. But I would love for you to, to think about how you can commit, because I, I want you to begin to live your life this way. We're going to give you this card on your way out today. And then what's your financial goal? See, to, to live purposely means you've got to think about it, and you're busy, and you don't think about it much. But not just giving, serving. Over the next month, what's one step that you can take to serve and then love? Something thoughtful for someone in my city. This is how I live. Now, this is not perfect, but there's no better way to live than to love outwardly and to be purposeful with how you live your life. It's what brings us to joy and peace where we're learning to trust God. And we're going to talk through that. But I want you to think about this this month. At the end of the month, we're going to make these commitments together. You don't have to do this officially, but I'd love for you to. On your card will be a a QR code that you can log this commitment in. You can be anonymous or not anonymous. But it's a way for you to say, this is what I want to do. You need to think about this. So take the next several weeks. Next week, New City Kids is going to join with us. And we're just going to get to see and hear about the impact that they're making. It's phenomenal. What a joy to celebrate and to to support them. And then, today and next week, we want to encourage you to take the step to serve. So on your seats, on your seats here, you've got this sticker. This is actually a sticker. I know it's hard to tell in the dark. So you can fill it out and you can peel it off. Mine's not working. Okay, Okay, so you can peel it off and you can, it sticks. Okay, so we want you to commit to serve. As you leave today, number one, we have pizza. All right, we've got gluten-free pizza. If, you're, if you have celiac like disease, it's Domino's, okay? So it's made in the gluten kitchen, so I'm sorry. Uh, let me know. We'll order something for you, okay? But we've got some pizza, and our serving teams are out there, and we want to encourage you to take the step and be part of one of our teams. So on our band, you could, be, you could audition to be part of our band. Where we love to have, you could be adding musicians, And so for our production team, you don't see them. There's somebody running the slides. It's not AI, okay? We're not that advanced yet, okay? But we have a production team helping our live feed that's happening right now, uh, running our systems. There's always a place for you. And so we have a kids team that is loving our parents right now. And we have people who are single, never had a kid in their life that make a massive impact on our kids team. In fact, that's usually the case. But all of it, like there's a place for you there. If you love to be behind the scenes, production or hospitality, we have a hospitality team that loves us through food and other things each week through our special events. And then we have our greeters, our connection team. If you love to greet people, connect one another. There's other ways. If through social media, there's other places you can use your gifts to serve. I want you to think about that today and next week. How can you take a step to love well? So we're inviting you into this, and this is what we're going to do today. So I want you to consider and fill out that sticker. So here's what I'm going to do. We're going to end our service just like this. So number one, don't forget to connect with us as we end today. If these are your first-time guests, it's a great Sunday to be here because you get to hang out with us. We've got food for you. You can meet one another in a really casual way, or you can just take off. All those things are on the table for you. But we have a free gift for you, a great book we'd love to give you. If you can bring your connection card to our connection team on your way out today. And then we want to encourage you to give financially today. If you want to do that, if you've never taken that step, you can give in person at Blue Giving Boxes on your way out. You can give online through our website or through an app called PushPay. So you can just text Downtown Give to this number, or you can scan the QR code on your program. You can give anytime, anywhere. We use PushPay because it's so secure, always up to date and easy to use. So we'll just remind you to do those things, and we want you to connect. Come back next week. Be part of our celebration with New City Kids. Come and meet our team today. Have some food with us. Let's party together today. We're going to do the same next week as well, but you're invited to make an impact, not just this month, but every month of your life. You're invited to life, to a rich life that God has called all of us to.